0: And one of those guys is going to be joining us now, and uh, that's Marcus Saxon. He was a tremendous player for the Utah State Aggies, a guard that was twice named, first-team All-Big West, had an incredible run in the Big West uh, tournament his senior season, and he joins us now. Marcus Saxon, thank you so much for joining us here on the Full Court Press.
1: Oh, my man, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Uh, uh, First of all, just uh, when you reflect back on your time wearing an Aggie jersey, playing in the Spectrum, Uh, What stands out to you most? Uh, What do you remember most fondly uh, about your time at Utah State?
1: Um, What stands out most was the fans. When I first got to Utah State, the only thing I wanted to do was play in the spectrum. And when I, I think it was Midnight Madness was the first time I got a chance to actually play in front of, it was maybe 9,000 people yelling and screaming I hadn't had that before. So it was it was pretty it was pretty cool for me.
0: What was that process that brought you to Utah State? Who initially recruited you?
1: Um, first it was Dave Miller. I played for a guy named Kermit Davis down at Chipola Junior College. And then I signed with the University of Arkansas. And that summer I had I got in trouble at the University of Arkansas for accepting some money. And I really didn't have no way to go once I did the the process of going through the NCAA tournament. I mean, uh, the NCAA and they did their background and did all this and found out that we actually accepted some cash. I had nowhere else to go. And Kermit David called called me the next day, I think, and said, hey, would you like to come to Utah State? And I said, coach, send me a ticket. I'll be there. And I already had a relationship with Larry. So it made it Pretty, pretty simple for me.
0: What was it like your first time when you when you met Larry Eustace?y What was your first first impressions of him?
1: My first impression of Larry, I thought he was pretty funny because he told a lot of jokes. We were sitting in his office, and I knew I had to sit out that year, so it really wasn't a big thing. But uh, somebody else was sitting in his office, a guy by the name of uh, Roddy Anderson. Hmm. He told me, "If you want to understand me." Just hang around Roddy this whole year and you will understand, understand everything about me. And that's what I did. So when I first got a chance to play for him, it really wasn't that hard. I knew he was a yeller, I knew he was a screamer, I know he got on you and made you made you a better player. So it really didn't bother me at all.
0: That year where you had to sit out and uh you shadowed Roddy Anderson, what was uh what were some of the biggest things you learned about the Utah State uh, culture of basketball that Eustace was building at that time?
1: Um, just from being around Roddy and, and watching practice, I knew that you was going to rebound, you were going to defend, and you were going to play hard every night. It didn't matter who the opponent was. It didn't matter that the team wasn't didn't have any size or anything like that. You were You were going to play hard. You were going to give maximum effort or you weren't going to play.
0: Uh, When you uh, started to play for Utah State, you were an instant impact player. Uh, I mean, you were uh, a first-teamer in the Big West. You were on the uh, all-tournament team in the Big West tournament. Um, How did your skill set really fit into what what needed to happen, what what you, wanted to implement on the court? How did that system really, I guess, how did you really fit into that system that really caused you to flourish and play so well?
1: Like I said I came from Chipola, and Kermit Davis and Coachy e. States were really good friends and they kind of ran the same system, a lot of set plays. I kind of knew uh most of the terminology. It it started, it started off, when I first it started off a little rocky my first first seven or eight games. And coach started letting me do a little bit more. He started letting me get rebounds and push the ball. He let me put my talents into the game like he always said. And it just it just started going real smooth for me, and I probably could have could have averaged about twenty points, but that wouldn't help us win. So I got everybody else involved, and plus I was a bigger a bigger point guard than pretty much everybody every other point guard in the league. So I think that helped a lot too.
0: Your how much was it different your senior year compared to your junior year?
1: My senior year was different because I didn't we didn't have. A, a known presence in the paint. At that time, we had a bunch of young guys, and I had to be more of a leader, me, Justin Jones, and Kevin Rice. The offense was, Coach Stacy changed the offense to cater around the three guards that we had because of our skill set. Opposed to my junior year, we had Maurice Spillers and Antoine, who really, you know, kind of demanded the ball in the paint, and we could get some easy baskets in the paint. My senior, we turned into a guard-oriented team. And I think we flourished a lot more because he, he let us run a little bit more.
0: Uh, when the uh, the Big West, as it was, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this among some of the other guys that we've talked to who played in the Big West. Uh, Kind of an underrated conference. There weren't always a lot of great teams, but there were some great matchups and great battles that Utah State had in the Big West Conference over the years. Were there a a, a team particularly that stood out to you that was always tough to play?
1: Yes, uh, those specific teams at the time. They were pretty tough to play. I think my my senior year, you had the number one pick in the draft, which was Michael And
0: That's right, yeah.
1: Yeah. Pacific at the time, their starting lineup was a seven foot one center, a six foot 11 power forward, a six seven small forward, and both of the guards were six four. So they had a lot of height and they were well coached. I think their coach was maybe one of the best coaches in, in the, in the league, maybe in America at the time. And Nevada was pretty tough too. You knew you were going to get a pretty stellar challenge from those Nevada teams back in those days.
0: Was there a guy that that, that you knew that you were always going to get up for when you knew you were going to go up against him in, in conference play? Was there a player that you would always go up against that whether he was guarding you or you got to play against him or you wanted to score on him that always got you going a little bit more than others?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say it was a player that I got up for because I pretty much got up for everybody. It didn't. If I played against you in the hyper, or in the field house, I was ready. I was up for everybody, and I played a lot of basketball in those in those two two places. But it was a it was a team and a coach that I always got up for. That I always had to I always wanted to play my best. A, it was the Idaho teams at the time because Kermit Davis coached those Idaho teams,
0: mm. and he
1: was uh, he was a coach of mine, and he got me to Utah State. I always wanted to win those games. So I, I yeah I literally got up, like couldn't wait to play, couldn't wait to get to the gym for shoot around, couldn't you know shake Kermit's hand and after that, it was on.
0: <laughs> was there any uh, any trash talking that was going on in the leading up to it as you guys were on the court and getting ready for the game to start?
1: Uh, I wasn't a big trash talker, mainly because uh, I was just focused on the game and I figured if I talked a lot then I wasn't doing my job. And Coach Stacey really didn't allow the trash talk. He was the only one doing all the trash talking at the time, (laughs) the other coaches and his own team. So we kind of just let him do his thing. But I wasn't really a big trash talker. I would let you know that I scored a basket. I'll look at you or something. But, yeah, that was pretty much it for me.
0: (laughs) That's great. Uh, Again, we're talking to Marcus Saxon, a great guard for Utah State. Uh, In the 96-97 season, his junior year, 97-98 was his senior season. Um, I want you to reflect back on that Big West tournament. Your senior year, you went off. Uh, you were phenomenal that year. You averaged twenty-seven points in that tournament. You're grabbing rebounds, dishing assists. What was it about that tournament that allowed you to take things to another level to get those wins for Utah State? Before, uh,
1: I think before that tournament, they had you know they put out the all. Old- Put out the All Big West team and the Player of the Year, and I thought I was in strong consideration for Player of the Year, for one. And I thought I, you know, I thought I played well throughout the whole conference. And when I found out that I wasn't Player of the Year, I wanted to let everybody know that I was the best player in that conference. So I told my assistant coach at the time we were driving down the Salt Salt Lake the border plane to go to to Reno. I said, um, I wasn't Player of the Year. But I'm going to be MVP of this tournament, and uh, LP turned to me and said, "How are you going to do that?" I said, uh, "Well, I'm going to show you. I'm I'm definitely going to be MVP of this tournament when we leave here, and we're definitely going to get an NCAA bid. And I I guess I just I turned it on, man, and I played well, and that was that.
0: No kidding, you played well. Uh, <laughs> it was a great run. I mean, you had a 31 point night. I uh, mean, you you were you were torching." Uh, teams that the way that team was built. You said that um, you referred to this earlier. That um, that your senior year, the team's strength was in the guard play. Um, and just talk about some of the other teammates that you had that year that you were got to play with and uh, play alongside that uh, you guys all kept each other going.
1: Oh man, I, I played with with one of Utah State's finest, uh, Kevin Rice, one of the most athletic guys. I think I played with Uh, Justin Jones was an outstanding shooter. Kind of puts you in the mind of a he was Sam Merrill and J C Carroll before those guys got there. Donnie Johnson was a six six power forward center type. Pharrell Davis, Charles Brady. We we had a we had a small team, but we had a scrappy team. Then we had a kid come in from that train. He came off a mission and he transferred from Weber State named Neil Geddes. Who was a six one outstanding shooter. And we just all we we hung out. We hung out as as a team. We kind of jailed together. Coach changed the offense to let us do more. Besides just one set plays, we got a chance to penetrate a lot more. I think with our three guards, I, I didn't think nobody in the in the country could guard us. Me personally. That's just how I felt every night. And it kind of showed in our play.
0: This uh, this weekend Utah State is celebrating 50 years of the Spectrum. Uh, what are some of your fond memories of playing in the Spectrum? Do you have any particular games that stand out over others?
1: Um, yes, I, actually I do. My my junior year we played BYU in Provo. This is just a story leading up to it, and we lost. And at the time, the well that year BYU went one and twenty five. And we were the only team that that they beat. So the following year, I think they put in the, in the paper. The coach said something like they were going to come in and do the same thing. And we had about eleven or twelve thousand people in the spectrum. It was sold out as a rowdy crowd. And I was playing terrible, but I was playing great defense. And Coach Stacy didn't take me out the game. And I think a kid uh, Bowers, he was the best player, and I defended him the whole night. And, Kind of shut him out, and they gave him the ball with with a couple seconds left. Them down one, and he tried to make a move, and I, I picked his pocket and sealed the game for us. And everybody went crazy, ran on the court. So that was a big moment. And when we won the Big West Conference title my senior year, and my mom and my grandmother were at the game. Those that was a pretty big moment for me too. That was senior night. So that was those were pretty special times for me.
0: You were part of a group that was able to go to an NCAA tournament game. Uh what was it like when you got word that you guys were going? I mean, when you win the tournament to the Big West, you you know you're going to go. But when did it sink in yes. that I get to go play in the Big Dance? Uh,
1: the horn sounded after we we were playing Pacific in the in uh the championship game in of the Big West conference tournament down there and uh We won, and, and, you know, everybody came on the court. We celebrated, took a few pictures, and we went in this back room of, I forgot the name of, Reno's Coliseum, and they had the TVs going. And we're we're all sitting there anxious, waiting to see what our seed was and where we were going to play. And Coach always said, it doesn't matter who you play, you know we're in. And it came up that we were going to Stockton, California, and we were going to play Maryland. We were a 13 seed. And everybody was like a 13th seed. I, and I stood up, and and that's when I said, it don't matter. We're in. We're going to go. We got a chance to win. I don't think they can beat us. But they beat us. That's another story. But, yeah, <laughs> I was very excited about going to the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's what all, all the basketball players play for, to go to the tournament and, and try to win a national championship. And we were in, and we had a chance like every other team.
0: Yeah, take us through that game, uh, facing Maryland. They had uh, some pretty spectacular athletes that year. Uh, Just uh, what that was like playing on that stage and playing against a team like that.
1: It was, uh, for me, it was fairly easy. I played against some of those guys coming up, uh, Leron Prophet and uh, Abina Akeese and Terrell Stokes. I played against a few of those guys. So I knew they were going to come out and give the all. They were bigger than us. so the first thing they were gonna to try to do was throw the ball in and get some easy baskets and get some easy fouls on us. And that's what they did. They jumped out on us fifteen to two or three or something like that. And we couldn't get it going, Coach Stacy all the time out, did his coachy Stacy thing, his song and dance. He got on everybody in the huddle. We came back out, we went on the run. And I say I I made a play, got fouled, made the layup. And Farrell Davis, we actually went up on Maryland, like 23 to 21, and Farrell Davis ripped the net down. And they stopped the game for about 15 minutes. And I thought we – at that time, I thought we had a chance to put it away because we made an outstanding run on them. And you can see it kind of took the win out of the sails. And after uh, Farrell ripped the net down, I think it kind of took the win out of ourselves because they went on the run and we couldn't recover. Mm.
0: I had forgotten about the net uh, situation <laughs> that happened in that game. Yeah, yeah, that was so, nuts. Know, uh, so, uh, one of the other things that we like doing uh, when we're, we catch up with uh, these former Aggies is just to find out what what happened after you left Utah State uh, and uh, yes, wh- where life took you after uh, after you had to hang up the the Aggie jersey.
1: Oh well, right after Utah State, you know, I did a lot of. Uh, going to NBA teams and working out. I, went, I think I went to every team in the league and thought I had a great chance of, of being drafted. And when I didn't get drafted, I ended up going to Cleveland, a training camp. And Mike Patello was the coach at the time, and he retired, and they brought in Randy Whitman. And he waived me on the last cut, which was fine. And then I ended up going to play in the CBA for 10 games, and I, I got offered a contract to go to Russia played for bc sparta uh st petersburg and i played over in russia for a while then i went and played in spain played in turkey played in uh, the philippines played in china career then i played i finished my career off playing in chile so i ended up playing 11 years retired went back to south carolina bought as much real estate as i could and commercial properties and i did that a few years ago i got Back into coaching, and I ended up coaching down in in Mexico. Wow! I turned that into yeah, I turned that into doing player development. So yeah, I, I've had a I had a great career, man, and can't ask for no more. Utah State gave me an opportunity, and I'll always be I Always love it.
0: So so, where do you hang your hat now? What are you up to right now?
1: Um, now I'm I'm in Dallas, Texas. I got my I got a nephew that's playing tonight. That's why I didn't make it to Logan. But now I'm I'm in San Diego, and I travel from from here from there to uh, Mexico and do a little player development.
0: What is that like? Is, is there a lot of uh, is there a, some up and coming talents coming out of Mexico,
1: <laughs> or is that you know, a long it's, game,
0: long process?
1: It's a, it's a long game. It's a professional league. It's a long game for for a lot of those guys. They they really some really do need the development. For some, it's just an opportunity to play basketball, man, doing what they, they love to do. And I applaud those guys ever because I was one of those guys that just loved to play basketball.
0: Well, Marcus, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you. It's always entertaining to hear the stories and uh, what what brought the athletes to Utah State and their, their fond memories. Um, do you keep up with some of the other players that you uh, played with back in the day?
1: Oh, yes. I keep up with uh, Kevin Rice. Uh, I talk to Neil Gadez sometimes. I talk to Charles Brady, Maurice Spillers. I talk to Roddy Anderson here pretty much a lot. So, yeah, I try to keep up with all all my teammates if I I can.
0: Well, that's great. Well, uh, it was fun watching you as an athlete on the court, and it's been fun finding out what you've been doing since then. I really appreciate your time tonight, and best of luck as uh, you continue your career and still doing some things with basketball. It sounds like it's pretty exciting.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, my man, and y'all have a good day.